All right, welcome back. Maloney and Forey. It is 3 o'clock. Keeping an eye on the NHL trade deadline news on this little thing called Twitter. Officially over. I uh, haven't seen anything recently other than a couple of moves that the Bruins have already made. With that, we're going to bring in Andrew Raycroft of Nest on the Harbor One Hotline. Razor, what's going on, man? It's uh, it's Lou and Christian. How you doing? Good afternoon, gentlemen. I'm great. How are you guys doing? Good. We are doing good. So first, let's start with Hampus Lindholm, okay? The left-shot defenseman that they've been desperately searching for. Guy that can eat up a lot of minutes, probably playing with McAvoy. Uh, what do you think of this deal? What, what do you think he brings to this team? Well, I love it. I, I love that, like you said, they've been looking for that left-shot defenseman like every other team in the NHL. And for, for the Bruins to, to get him, that's the, the big haul for them, this trade deadline, and for the, the next eight years on top of it, to have McAvoy and Lindholm there on your back end for eight years it makes you very solid. And, and to your point, it's, it's the minutes he eats, 22, 23 minutes a night on average. Uh, can play in all situations, can roll them out on in, against any line in the Eastern Conference. So, really good pickup. So, is it is it fair to say that he's going to be paired with McAvoy, or would it be like a combination of McAvoy and Grizzly? How would that? How would you pair him? I, I got to imagine it's going to be it's going to be a work in progress. You, you look at the numbers that McAvoy and Grizzly have, the analytics that that show how great they are together, at least in the regular season, you, you, you got to imagine you can always fall on that. Uh, you, you wonder what kind of chemistry Lindholm might have with a Carlo. Either way, it's in that top two pairing, obviously. And, and what it also does, is it puts forward who's done a great job on that third line. And it puts him on that third mm-hmm. pairing exactly where he feels most comfortable. He can go out and kill penalties. He's the first guy over the boards killing penalties. It really just slots everyone very nicely, whether he's on the first pair or the second pair. Talking to Andrew Raycroft and Razor, they they weren't done. Actually, Donnie Sweeney goes out and gets Josh Brown, defenseman out of uh, Ottawa, for for, uh, Zanishin and a fifth-round pick. So you tell me about Josh Brown. Other than he's a big boy, uh, I don't know anything about him. Is he a third-pairing guy? Is he a depth guy for this blue line? Yes. He's the, the sixth, seventh, eighth guy. Uh, big, strong. It, last time they were in the garden, he knocked out Lino at center ice with an open ice hit. Adric, actually, Frederick, I, I missed that, spoke. Big and strong. It, exactly, again, what the Bruins also needed on the back end. They, they got rid of back and nine, and so you're still looking at a Jack Sean as your eighth defenseman or one injury away from having to have a kid that, that's a minor league player away. So So they add the depth. Now you have a seventh, eighth guy uh, on that back end and feel comfortable with that. So a really nice pickup, a a matchup guy. So Mm -hmm. depending on who you're playing, if it's a physical night, you roll Josh Brown out. If it's a little more skill, a little more skate night, you roll out Connor Clifton or something. So that you have options there, it's, it's a really positive move. Have you been paying attention to what Tampa has been doing or what Florida has been doing? And do you think that this move has anything to do like the Bruins moves, and it has anything to do with how those teams are kind of like adding also. It's been an arms race in the East, and the Rangers just picked up two really good players, Andrew Kopp and Tyler Mate, for that, from them just re, right at the end of this deadline. So it, it feels like one of those during the regular season when you win eight games in a row, but everyone around you wins seven in a row. So, so you keep pace, you feel great about yourself, but at the end of the day, you're not making a whole lot of ground. You're not sneaking up on anybody. That's what 
the entire East has felt like. Everybody loaded up. Everybody got what they needed. And it's going to be an unbelievable playoff series. That first round, there's going to be at least three teams, if not four, that think that they're NHL contenders right now, not playing a week into the Stanley Cup playoffs. Mm. Talking to Andrew Raycroft and Razor, uh, I saw that the two-year deal, the extension of Jake DeBrusque, and obviously his name has come up an awful lot around this trade deadline. And I remember his agent talking about trying to work a long-term deal or an extension to make it easier to even trade this guy. So when I saw that, you know, I didn't think he was definitely staying. I actually thought he was going to be traded. So now that it looks like he has not been traded, do you think Jake DeBrusque is happy with that extension, or do you think he would rather be somewhere else? I think it helps. I do think it helps. I'm with you, Lou, this morning when I saw that. I, my first, I was a little surprised initially then. Oh, okay, so maybe there's something in the works and they're going. Now that it's come and gone, it doesn't look like he's moving, barring a last-second deal. Now you look at it, the, the one concern I had is, is, and I've seen it with teams, I've seen it with players, you guys have too, I'm sure, at trade deadline, when guys expect to go, uh, there's a letdown if they don't end up moving, if they don't end up going. It would have been even worse had Jake DeBrus not signed this contract. Now he's really wondering what his summer looks like. What is he going to get qualified? Is he going to find somewhere to play? Is he going to end up having to wait until September, October to get a deal? And and I think this takes some of that away. So. So he might still want to trade entertained. He at least knows he's going to be making $4 million in the NHL the next two years, whether that's in Boston or elsewhere. So it gives me a little bit of a better feeling. It shouldn't deject him very much if he doesn't get dealt or if, if yeah. it looks like he hasn't been dealt. You know, and you, you, listen, we try to figure out what's going through this guy's mind, you know, to begin with, but it's, I, I know what you mean. You expect to get dealt and you don't, but that's usually a guy that's on a bad team that's expected to go to a contender. Here, this guy, he's on a line with Bergeron, you know, and Marchand, hopefully Bergeron's back, whatever, but it's, and you got an extent, and you're on a team that went out there and, and upgraded the blue line. It's like, you're on a good team. You're on with one of the best lines in hockey. Like for him to be upset, you know, and for there to be a letdown, I don't understand that. <laughs> and this extension makes it a little bit more bananas that he's thinking that way, right? Yeah. It, it makes it even, you know, he should come out today and say, you know, I'm going to be here for two years. And, you know, I love it. I'm excited about this extension. What an opportunity I have. And, and put it all the way back. Put the ego put the whole thing in the rearview mirror and, and, and look forward. Because to your point, I don't know how the grass is greener anywhere else. Right. I have no idea how that grass could be any greener, greener for Jake at this point, especially with the extension. You know, it's funny because even you were saying that, I'm like, all right, so so it looks like, uh, you know, when this was released that he had signed this extension, anyone who tweeted it out was like, oh, but his agent has not rescinded his uh, you know request for him to be traded. So to your point, I really feel like he should just walk into Don Sweeney's office and say, I was kidding. Like, <laughs> I mean, I really feel like you're right. Like, he needs to kind of squash this, at least on the outside. Like, at least, I mean, at least so, you know, at least the people on the guys on the team, like, know that he's in it to win it, right? Because I can't imagine this. Like, guys maybe like, you know, they listen, business is business. But eventually, listen, are you with us? Are you, are you not? Like, are you still hoping to leave? Like, what is it? Is that a conversation these guys need to have? 
I'm not sure they need to have it, but I would love, yeah, I would love to him just come out this afternoon and just say, psych, I, you know, yeah. I had you guys going. I had going. you guys and going. Fun. <laughs> yeah, you guys all got to talk about me for three months, and, and that was fun. Because, yes, it, it, I don't think the guys need it. You, you see even today in, in pregame skate, they had him at center ice doing the stretch. They're laughing and joking about it. I'm sure guys like Brad Marchand are not allowing him to take it too seriously. And, and they're not allowing him off the hook by the sounds of it. Listen, you, you did this and just show up and play every day, almost holding that carrot in front of him. Like, if you take one day off, we're going to call you out on this, that you don't want to be here. And, and that's the last thing any athlete wants to be accused of. So it, it's, it's an interesting dynamic. I, I don't think it works on all teams, but I believe with, with Brad and Patrice, the way they run the show, the, the room here, that, that he can do it. But but I would just love to see him kind of make light of it at this point so everyone can just move on and, and look forward to the playoffs. Well, we're talking to Andrew Raycroft. Andrew, uh, you know, when they when I saw like that Anaheim took on half of Lindholm's salary, I think a lot of people were saying there's still room for Donnie to add, you know, and maybe a second-line center. Uh, were you surprised that there was really no other addition other than Josh Brown, like a depth defenseman? Oh, a little bit, for sure. And, and what added that that thought to me or that surprise was the fact that they were so far in on Claude Giroux as well. And Claude just didn't want to come here. They were, they were working that deal separate to Lindholm. So they were working both deals at the same time, meaning they had other pieces that were, they were willing to move outside of what they gave up for Lindholm. So it was two days ago. I thought there was a lot more room. Obviously they couldn't get the right trade partner by the looks of things, now that it's, what, 307, uh, that, that, that they weren't able to get anything done. It would be interesting to see if there's any reporting on that afterwards or if it's just a matter of there was a lot of people asking for a, a few players. And at the, you know, at the end of the day, you need a dance partner to make these mm-hmm. deals done. Now, I, I don't know if you had any insight or if you heard anything, but I thought it was real interesting just the rumors or if it was just rumors about Krejci possibly coming back from the checks uh, to play here. Like, I, I don't know how serious that was. I know they addressed it and said he's definitely staying, but was there a point where that was actually ser- a serious thought? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think that it's, it was a big ask, not only logistically with, with waivers and having him go through. You see what happened this week. Even the, the Toronto Maple Leafs signed a goaltender yesterday out of Finland to have him come over because the Leafs are a disaster in goal again, shockingly. But Arizona picked him up on waivers, and now he doesn't even get to go to Toronto. He, the kid signs with the Toronto Maple Leafs, and Arizona picks him up, and now he gets to play in a college hockey arena next year. So uh, I think those that would have wasn't the way David wanted to come back. And, and I think, again, you're an older guy. Playing in the check is a lot to ask to pick up as great as David Krejci is to miss 62 NHL games and try and get to that level at this time of year was a lot. I, I just don't think that was ever really on the radar. All right. So last one for me. So like, listen, you know, all the, you know, the, the Boston winter teams, like, you know, the Celtics playing great since the, uh, since January one, I'm looking yeah, at, the, at the Bruins. They got the second best record in the NHL since the new year. I don't think people even recognize how good that is. So is this them going all in? Like, is this them, like, the moves that they've made, is this them, like, you know, you know, identifying we're making a run for the Cup? Like, is that is that kind of the vibe that you would get if you were in that locker room? Like, last year was Taylor Hall. End up signing him to a, a you know, multi-year deal. And this year it's Lindholm. They end up, you know, getting him for, for a multi-year deal. 
I mean, they're pretty set for a while now, aren't they? They're very set for a while. They, you know, the talk of breaking it that re- it's cra- is is gone. It's crazy. I mean, both their second and third line, as they are intact right now, are signed for the next two years. You have your top two defensemen signed for the next eight years. You have your goaltending situation locked up for the next four years after this with Swayman and Allmark. I, I mean, yes, they're they're locked and loaded. Now, some of these teams made huge fireworks come playoff, but we all know the NHL playoffs are such a roll of the dice. And like I just said, there's teams that every team in the East made huge deals today, and four of them are going to be out on May 10th. So no matter what, it it all comes down to how you play in the playoffs and what the matchup is you get. And I I know that this team believes that they can win a seven-game series against any other team in the Eastern Conference. They think that, they have the winning mentality. They have the winning culture. They know how to win in the playoffs as much as anyone besides probably the Tampa Bay Lightning at this side, at this point. Florida Panthers still haven't won a playoff series. Uh, Carolina still never beat the Bruins in the playoffs. Toronto Maple Leafs are the Toronto Maple Leafs. So <laughs> the guys in the room truly believe that if they go up against any of these teams, they have the mental edge. So with that said, uh, now it looks like the deadline is officially over. Do you think Don Sweeney did enough to put his team in that contention? I do. I think the two defensemen that they picked up, I think giving Jake DeBrusque that little bit of a carrot to to keep going and get through the end of this year, he's solidified on that right side. My what? You just hope they stay healthy. Like every other team, but I, I would have loved to have seen one more depth piece up front. One more NHL guy that they can rely on. Uh, I'm not sure on Studnik at this point, so I would have loved one more piece. But, yes, I do believe that they think, and I do believe that they are a contending team in the Stanley Cup playoffs. All right, he's Andrew Raycroft. You can check him out. Sunday Skate with Matt Kalman and Scott McLaughlin. Now, you got to get an extra hour? Are you going 11-1 to 1 again this Sunday? We get one more hour this week, yeah. Ooh. So we're, we're really we're, – we're, we're next next week. We're going to take on the morning show four four hours. Ken said. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> All right. Good luck with that, Andrew Raycroft. Razor, appreciate it, man. Thanks a lot. Appreciate the time. You got it, guys.